Hi guys, thanks for tuning in again. So today's episode is on cyberbullying. And my good friend Jenna Cooper, who was on The Bachelor with me and Bachelor in Paradise, will be joining us. Jenna is an absolutely awesome person, beautiful soul, um, and all it really all that is to say that she did not deserve what happened to her, which was intense cyberbullying after a reputation destruction that happened when a spoiler site came out with false information about her that we will go into in the episode. But essentially what happened is she got ex- extreme cyberbullying for a two-year period. And I'm not sure it's completely over at this point because some people don't know that it was all fake. Um, so she provides a really important perspective as somebody who I think has taken this in a more extreme way than most people that we're ever going to meet. So I was really lucky to have her. But in general, you know, cyberbullying, I think, is something that affects us all in different ways. Some of us probably haven't experienced at all. I know I didn't before I went on The Bachelor, before I, I got a following. But we know that this is really probably affecting the younger generation. There has been a real spike in suicide, self-harm, anxiety, and depression in very young teenagers. Um, 10 to 14 suicide rate has tripled since the late 90s, um, and it has become kind of exponential since the um, early 2010s, and this has coincided with the rise of social media. Not all research is showing that this is linked to social media, but that's correlational cross-sectional research, uh, which basically means that it's not showing cause and effect. And a lot of other research is showing that this is very likely to do to social media. We're seeing that people who spend less time on social media have higher quality of life, fewer mental health symptoms. You know, it's scary. It's scary. And cyberbullying is probably a big part of this because we also have seen that things like contempt and nastiness have risen or rise when people engage with social media. Research has shown that. It has shown that social media correlates with contemptuous attitudes towards other cultures. So we know that it has adverse effects. And um, ultimately, social media means that you are communicating with somebody anonymous. You're, You're not getting that you're talking to an actual person. And so cyberbullying can be really harmful. And you'll hear from Jenna how harmful it's been for her. It's been harmful for me. (laughs) It's been pretty awful. Rumors, nastiness, contempt. It's just, it's scary. And what I really like about talking to Jenna is that she's a mother. She has a one-year-old daughter and she talks about her fears raising a kid in this environment. And I think it's a really valuable interview. So I hope you all enjoy. Thanks. Hello, everyone. So today I'm super excited because one of my favorite people in the universe is joining us today to talk about a subject that, you know, deeply affects some of us, um, particularly this person. Many of you may have experienced it on a smaller scale, though, and I think especially when it comes to parenting, it's becoming a bigger, bigger concern. So the topic is cyberbullying. And as our guest, we have Jenna Cooper from my season. <laughs> um, and, you know, a lot of this, I think, with the reality Steve drama going on, for those of you who aren't Bachelor people, this spoiler dude uh, who also spoils people's lives <laughs> uh, has recently had his life spoiled. And one, <laughs> one 
one life in particular that he really disrupted was Jenna's. And in, in response, she had to handle a lot, a lot of cyberbullying and threats and just overall absolute nastiness. Um, Jenna, how do you, how do you feel being here and even just like talking about this? Well, interestingly enough, actually I feel okay. Now I feel like I finally got to the point where I'm a little bit more comfortable, um, putting like my awful feelings into words. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that it's something now that I think might be like a purpose that I have to share Mm -hmm. just kind of my story and help other people who either went through it, might be going through it, have kids who will go through it. So I'm actually, it's, it's good. I think I say that, but you know, I also have this like ever lingering anxiety about it. So better than I've been. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was really a trauma. Like it was really awful. I was, you know, so I guess to give a brief, do you want to give a brief synopsis of what happened? Oh no, you, you you can't want me to do it. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, especially because I don't know a lot of the, I don't know a lot of what happened. I know a little snippets from what uh, Jacqueline told me, but I don't know the full Yeah. I don't want to spend a ton of time rehashing what happened because Jenna's had to do this a thousand times. Um, And, you know, basically, though, what happened was Jenna was on Bachelor in Paradise. She got engaged to someone named Jordan at the end. Um, And the night the finale premiered, um, Reality Steve, again, the spoiler guy, reported that Jenna had a sugar daddy and it was sexually explicit. Basically he published screenshots of Jenna in giant air quotes, talking to her sugar daddy uh, about the whips and chains she was going to use on him (laughs) that night. And how I was going to do everything in my power to destroy Jordan and take over the world. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Jenna was an evil super villain. (laughs) Jenna, on the night of her big, her big night, she, it was reported that she was a soul eater. Um, <laughs> sometimes even a, a madame for a prostitute ring that, that got in yes, there. I was called that. Yeah. The, the story just blew completely out of control and, you know, nobody had ever really questioned his reporting also in some air quotes here um, reporting before because there'd been no reason to. And, and this also came at the collision of social media exploding and people being more invested mm-hmm. and interested in contestants lives than ever before. Um, and so Steve's role was changing um, our, you know, our experience as contestants was new. Um, and yeah. And so, and so even though the story was completely absurd it people believed it. And then it was two years of just absolute awfulness for Jenna until she was able to prove that not only did she not do these things, but it was kind of, I mean, if the story itself was absurd, the conspiracy behind it was even more absurd. It was like multiple people separately conspiring to take Jenna down. I mean, it was, it was absolutely wild. Just fans or I mean, not even fans, just like people or people you knew or uh, so I think I, I didn't know of this person, but apparently I tweeted her one time. Um, and then somebody else had absolutely no idea who she was. Um, I think she was more like, a, like a Jordan fan. And then, you know, it's like, I find out more and I find out more 
but I also think there's still things that I don't know. Like I think there was other things going on, like literally probably behind the scenes um, to kind of set the whole story up. It, there, there was a person with psychosis involved too. It, I mean, yes, oh, yeah. maybe more than one. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, yeah, I, I had actually posted some of the you know emails and texts that were sent as like proof or whatever the other day. And it's very interesting to hear somebody say, I like you so much. And then pretend they're like another person saying, you know, I'm, I'm looking out for you, but also making up this email, trying to be the person that knows who I was cheating with and then making up texts. It's like, it's like it just never stopped. And um, I can't remember if I had told anybody this, but even it got to the point where, you know, <laughs> you know, my mom was really doing the research into it all. And she had this bag full of files. Did I tell you about that yeah. in my car? And then my car was broken into, I can't yes, remember. Yes, and somebody stole the files. Yes. They left my money, but they stole the files. And I'm like, this is too much for me. It was, I mean, it, it's, it's really crazy. Like, and I, and I think, I think that was part of the problem with you trying to clear your name is that people just could not believe that something like this could even happen. Like if we think Occam's razor, you know, the simplest yeah. explanation is just that you did yeah. it even though in even in that simplest explanation, you are running some prostitute ring and, you know, whipping some older man mm-hmm. in a plot to take down your, I mean, it's so. Yeah. And you, you know, something that I think that I just find like really interesting because it wasn't just that he had reported that it was uh, the, you know, obviously the way that I responded, people were like, that's weird. And it's because, you know, I wasn't even writing those captions. It, that was weird. But also you have Jordan saying, I know, I know in my heart that she did it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, great. You know, that, that really throws me under the bus, but I'm like, but if you know, in your heart, that's who I am. Why, yeah. why did you ask me to marry you? Like, it doesn't make sense. And why, why pretend like he would say, you need to, you know, you need to make sure the producers think we're getting along. And I'm like, is this just, it's so, so, it felt so weird. It just felt like I was being set up, but I was obviously too naive to like put it together until it was too late. Yeah. What did it feel like during all of that, even when I was coming out? I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll you know, dig more into the so the cyberbullying, but how I'm, did that feel to hear all those things? I mean, for the most part, it was like, it was very shocking. I felt like um, completely out of control. Like, in a sense, yeah, I had a platform, but what was I going to do? Now, looking back, I could have posted every day saying, this is how I feel. This is what I've learned so far. I've not done any of this. Here's some of the proof. But you like you have to know that people were so convinced that it was true that no matter what I said, they were just like attacking me from all angles. Even the producers were like, yeah, I'm sorry, but we really don't believe you. And and so, yeah, I just felt like completely hopeless, I guess. Um, hmm. Yeah. And and and. I'm like not the type of person that can carry on a double life like that and have this terrible thing going on on one side um, and then just pretend like, oh, everything's great. So I think also it was hard to hear even people that I really cared about or that knew me very well to be like, so uh, d- did you do it? And I'm like, are you like, really, are you really asking me this? And so, you know, I'd have to explain, I couldn't get away with that. You know, like what type of person I am. Um, I would also probably tell you and be like, what do I do? And I've said this before, when it all came out, it honestly would have been better for me to have some type of story like, oh, well, I needed the money. You know what I mean? And just kind of like turn the story. And I was told by um, 
agencies and different people that were trying to help me. Like, you know, you could just try to spin it, but I'm like, but I just want to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know how that turned out. It like, nobody believed it. Um, so yeah, I felt completely out of control Mm -hmm. and there was like just ridiculous articles about me all the time. Um, local ones, you know, national ones, but it would be like, yeah, uh, I saw Jen the other night and she was wearing this really short dress. So I'm sure she's cheating with my uncle's cousin brother too. Like I heard, I heard things and you know, that little smirk she has. And then, you know, you, you know, like what I would just wake up to every day, like messages that were insane about how terrible I was. And, um, I still can't quite figure out why, like why someone cheating. I mean, it's terrible. I think cheating is terrible, but it does happen. It happens yeah. all over. It happens in your family. It happens with your friends. And so why this instant did they decide that it was like the worst crime yeah. ever? And you know how I felt? I felt like everybody who has ever been hurt by cheating was taking out that anger on me. Hmm. <laughs> That's how I felt. Um, so, yeah, I didn't know what to do. Yeah, because I was going to say, I mean, I remember seeing this and thinking, okay, this this is pretty cartoonish, this portrayal. Um, and, you know, I, I saw you the night it broke. Um, and so I kind of knew from the beginning, like, no, Jenna didn't do this. There was no, I mean, you know, then I would have to talk to friends or who or reality Steve himself about like, no, Jenna didn't do this. I don't, and, and then they would come at me with like, Okay, but here's the evidence, which, by the way, there was no real evidence. Yeah, that's um, what I know. I yeah. know. That's what I think. I'm like, so you vetted my phone number. Okay, you, my phone number's on the internet like 27 times just in the first line. Yeah. So that's what, that's what I cannot figure out. Um, it, it, was, it was really strange, though, because, yeah, even if you, and I remember thinking this at the time, like, even if she did this, I mean, it's certainly not going to affect my friendship with her. Um, it's not, like, I knew that you were going to get hate, obviously, but like the vitriol, the viciousness of just like what, like the people who would log on to their phone and be like, today I'm going to just destroy this. But like, I'm going to send the cruelest message I could come up with ever. And I'm going to press send. Boy, and they would take the time to make like bot accounts that would just they, like, literally, I mean, you can, you can look up right now. You can find accounts that say like Jenna Cooper lies, Jenna Cooper sugar daddy, like all this stuff. And they would say things to me with those every day and, you know, reach out to the businesses I was working with and say, she's the worst. And I'm like, I, I mean, I know I'm like smiling now, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just, it's so crazy. I would yeah. never do that to like one person, let alone yeah. have hundreds of people doing it to me every day. It sounds like there was like, the, all of this was coming from all sides. Just these stories from the tabloids and even your friends and, you know, the, these bots. Was there any one piece that felt particularly like it stuck with you that particularly hurt you or did it, was it all of it at once? Uh, I mean, like I said, I think it was just anybody that knew me mm. even asking, although that's fair. It really is fair for them to ask, but I think that, um, and then, I've kind of said from the beginning, I think just it's, it's the story. It's what I was blamed for. I think that hurt the most because I'm so like anti Mm -hmm. and not just cheating, but having like a guy take care of me and like, you know, 
pay me for sexual favors. Um, and you know what? I don't care if somebody else wants to do that. It's just always been my thing that I've wanted to be independent and not rely on that. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think that, uh, and then, yeah, it's just, I think just not having very much support like all around. Although I will say at the time it felt very dark because all I could see were these negative messages, but I did have a lot of like followers and people who were standing up for me um, and friends and family trying to fight off the trolls Mm. too. So it just sounds like just being deeply, deeply misunderstood. And yeah, which which kind of started a long time ago in my life. I would say actually, Mm. what do you mean? Like it just, (laughs) I've tried to explain it before and not that I think I'm like so important or anything. It's it's not that, but it's like somehow I've been people's table talk. For a long time, like, oh, what has that Jenna girl been up to? Did you see what she was wearing? Did you see what she did? You know, and I'm a little bit like louder. So people tend to notice things that I do or say. And and it, I have felt extremely misunderstood. And, and, you know, I think part of that is I didn't understand myself. So I was, you know, I would try to find an identity in whoever I was dating or one day I'd wear something crazy or, you know, my ideas, you know how my ideas get when I start thinking about things just kind of in a, in a different way than I guess most people would. So yeah, I I guess it felt like I was always judged and didn't necessarily fit in. Wasn't like cool, but was kind of interesting to like either hang out with or talk about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you, it's so interesting to hear that because you know on on I've watched the the your season and you just come across as such a confident like here I am like <laughs> I'm I know who I am I'm not I'm not questioning my identity and it's, I'm sure a lot of people listening can resonate with like okay I'm not not being sure who I am I'm feeling kind of like the outsider and then for you to come to like these are my values like you know not having a sugar yeah. daddy being independent <laughs> and and not you know and then having that question could i imagine to be so painful yeah yeah it really was and i was it's like i think something that makes me really sad when i think about it is when i went on the bachelor i was still very confused i was like what am i doing here like am i even ready mm. like to date somebody how okay i was thinking how do i even explain myself and someone's like hi how are you like i'm like awkward i hadn't dated in a long time and i'd always had long-term relationships so yeah i was you know not smooth but after that i did start to gain some confidence because i was like okay people are accepting me for kind of like my quirky uh or just whatever I wore, whatever I say, they were like, Oh, Jenna, that's cool. And you know, I'm like, Oh, okay. So some people, some people like me for just whatever I am. And then also I had always been kind of scared to open myself up to having friendships with girls because of being like hurt in the past. And I kind of let that go too. So, you know, I, I opened up, well, Jacqueline, you know, I opened up my heart to a few people and I think it just made me excited. I was like, okay, you know, obviously somebody saw something in me. So they picked me to go on the show and then I made some friends and I just had life experiences that I'd obviously never had such as, you know, going on an airplane. (laughs) I can't even like, my life was drastically changed. So I, I didn't know if I should go on paradise, but I was just so excited and finally starting to see who I am and feel confident about all of it. And so I was, I was excited and happy and you know, I went in there with my weird little pink outfit and pink hair. And I was like, it's okay. Like, this is who I am. This is going to be fun. And honestly, it was fun. It was so much fun. Um, until it wasn't. Yeah. So 
Yeah. So your, your confidence is building, you're coming into yourself. You're like, people finally accept me. I can be who I am. And then catastrophe hits. Yeah. And all of that is reversed or, or what? Uh, it's coming back now. I think, um, I've, I've found confidence in other, other areas such as, you know, being a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and from so many people who have said, I've inspired them any type of way that makes me feel like fulfilled. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I still like doubt myself and question things, but I, I, I feel like I'm like, I'm a good person. So that I feel good about that. I feel um, okay. I don't know. My confidence isn't all the way up, but also, also I think I'm, I'm decent. <laughs> oh, I think you're decent too. I think you're more than Thank decent. Thank you. <laughs> What did, I mean, what did it do to your self-esteem when you were getting these messages? I mean, this happened. Yeah, it, it, it makes you question anything you've ever done or ever said. Like, did I somehow hurt someone in a conversation? I, I took it back to like high school. My, did, was I just hurting people, like not meaning to? And mm. I started thinking about any mistakes I ever made and just feeling really sorry, I guess, even though I know I didn't do it, but I think being in that position and people blaming me for, I guess, their hurt feelings. I was curious, like, you know, with all, all of this going, you're questioning yourself, all the things you might've said and done. Did it affect your relationships? Did it affect the way you interacted with your friends and family at the time or even the public eye? That's a great question. (laughs) Yes. Uh I forgot of another thing that I developed. So I developed severe paranoia. Like I'm not, I am not kidding Mm. that I remember one night I was out. um, I thought it would help me feel better to like go in public and like not, you know, just look down at the ground and feel like everybody's going to think I'm terrible. So one night I decided to just go out and have fun. And this guy like recording me and like freaked out. Now he could have very well just been, I don't know what he was doing, but I was like, give me your phone. I took it from him and deleted it. I was so paranoid that people were going to try to say things or write things or like send in something that they're going to say is proof. And all of a sudden that's going to come out because you know how yeah. the proof is. Um, I started thinking like anybody was, I was around, I was like, could they have done something? Mm-hmm. Like, are they really on my side? Why are they asking me all these questions? It was really bad. And then, um, my family, like, you know, they, they were very supportive, but it's a lot on them. Like, it's a lot to be just trying to live their regular life and people asking them about it all the time. Um, and they were trying to fight for me online, which, you know, that just brings a lot more attacks. My mom was up every night trying to, trying to sleuth, which let me just say, um, my mom didn't know what Instagram was, was, would have been like, what's a Reddit? And now she's like a pro. Yeah. Um, and then I mean, I'm telling you, I thought dating was just out of the books for me ever. Mm-hmm. Because why? What you know? What the? What is the first thing you do when you meet someone? You go Google them. You're like, okay, what's what's going on with them? Or you know, maybe people aren't online, but at least their Instagram. You look up things, and and what do you think the first thing that came up mm-hmm. for the first couple of years? It was awful. So I was like, I'm never gonna date. I didn't even try. I wasn't open to that. I wasn't open to new friends because I just thought, well, everyone's gonna think I'm a terrible person. Um, so I was very, very closed off, very hermity for years, which, yeah, I mean, that definitely, I mean, I'll never get that time back. Yeah. So it's really sad because I had, 
moved here and and made a few friends and was like really excited about my apartment and like the job I was doing at the time and all of it just, I mean, all of it crashed and I just kept moving. Uh, I couldn't get a new job. Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't really even want to take out the trash. It was like pretty gross. Oh. Yeah. Was it, did you feel more depressed or was it yeah, more anxious? It was, it, was, or? it was very, it was depressing. And I was definitely anxious. I've always had anxiety. I have, mm-hmm. but it was through the roof and it still lingers. Um, like I, I don't really like checking my notifications still now, even though I don't think anything bad is going to be there. Yeah. Um, and like, if I, if I notice I've had a bunch of calls or a bunch of tags, I'm like, yeah, what came out about me now? So hmm. it is. Yeah. It'll, it'll probably be like that for the next quite a few years, if not just forever. But I'm like, I'm like very, impressionable I guess you would say. I don't know I was just very affected by it like maybe some people who were stronger could kind of shrug it off but I don't think so hard to know but I'm glad nobody I'm glad that it was me because I don't want that to happen to somebody else because it would it was awful why do you it just makes me so angry thinking about why someone would spend any time directing hate to someone they don't even know like why why for both of you for both because Jacqueline has told me some things that she's received that has you know affected her I'm like I still I'm like why would someone why do you think someone would actually bully you guys like what is the reason and I don't know their I don't know what their why but if I had to guess one especially in this situation you get attention Right. Mm-hmm. If if reality Steve pays attention to your story or people repost something that, you know, you're the one that sent the story. And like I remember um, being sent these screenshots of people who were like so excited, like throwing a party because Jordan read some tea they sent to him about me and was like thankful for it. And it's, so it's so it's attention or it's getting out all of your negative feelings. Like if you're kind of a sad person, you just want to hurt other people. There's that. There's also just wanting to be involved in the gossip and drama because it's interesting and maybe they're bored. I think there's multiple reasons. Hmm. I think some people had reasons to want us to break up. Um, and then, like I said, I think there were other things going on that I, I, I mean, I can't confirm, but that, you know, this story obviously got a lot of attention, probably views and ratings and whatever, you know, so there's that side of it too. The entertainment industry is very backstabbing and all about money and, and articles and like, Oh, let's get their eyes on us. And I think it was like the little perfect storm, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't help but think that with Jenna, you know, you're this beautiful blonde bubbly, you know, you're the, you're the girl that everyone naturally envies or measures themselves against at some point in their lives, like whether it's high school or whatever. And the opportunity to say, oh, it was too good to be true. She's not a good person. There is something I can hate about her and punish her. You know, the Do you know people between- actually told me that, Jacqueline, like what you're saying? What did they say? What, what, what they, they, they were saying... I knew you were too good to be true. And that was really interesting to me because I didn't feel like that. I did not feel like the kind of person that people would compare themselves to. Yeah. I, I really did not like, I mean, and my clothes weren't expensive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I never felt like I was like the cool person. I was okay. I, I was happy with myself. I was content, but yeah. I, I didn't think that. And I remember thinking, oh, this is great because 
I'm getting to be who I am and people seem to like it. And it's, I have a very positive community here and I'm just kind of sharing my tips and things that I've learned. I had a lot of a, a young audience too, that I thought was great because, you know, I always wanted to be a role model for them. Um, and so I did, I had people message me and say that, like, I knew something was, was off with you. Like everything just seemed so right. And you were so happy. And now I know, you know, all the dark evil things that you were doing. So I was like, Oh, geez. Yeah. It's amazing that that's, yeah, it's so rewarding for people to see, like, see somebody be taken down. What, I mean, what, what's it like to have so much, I mean, to be judged so much for your appearance um, and, and then for uh, that to be such a topic, like, oh, you're so beautiful. They're so envious, but then they'll tear you down in every way possible. Yeah. I, I remember thinking, I said to my mom, like, you know, at least in that terrible, like hateful message they sent, they said, you might be pretty on the outside, you know? And I was like, thank you. I'll like, take that's it. actually so nice to hear. Like, thank you. Yeah. But your insides are rotten. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, this is what happens when you're an influencer. Like there's such, yeah. there's such pressure on your appearance. Like it becomes so oh, important. Yeah, the, that's yeah. what you're selling. Well, the problem with that is you, we already have, pressure on our appearance already it's yeah. it's like ingrained in us let alone what the media does social media tv movies whatever um you know i remember dating people being like why don't you look like this actress you need to dress like that why don't you work out a few more times a week you know so we're already damaged in that sense then when you go put your life in the public they will point out everything and yeah. i've had an issue with it i mean that's why you know I'm like the med spa girl. I'm always, yeah, a little filler here, a little Botox there. Let's do it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cause I felt like I needed to change something to feel better about myself. And I changed a lot of things. And I, I realized that wasn't making me happy. That wasn't making me feel confident in who I was because that wasn't who I was. So that was a whole other journey, but, um, that's a huge thing. Um, for, for men and women, but, you know, I can obviously relate to how it feels to be a woman. And, Another thing is I've noticed people online will say, you're an influencer. Your life is, I mean, I'm going to just, you know, be their voice. Your life is so easy. Mm-hmm. Why are you complaining? Like, really, you're mm-hmm. going to take a break from social media like it's that hard. And that's not to like downplay any other real life problems. And it is fun to be an influencer. Absolutely. But it it, it affects you like internally so much because I remember, I mean, I worked for like 12 years, 40 plus hours a week, you know, and it's a different feeling. You go to work, you do your thing, you're done. You know, you don't have people being like, oh, your hair, did you gain a few pounds? Mm-hmm. It's just not like that. Um, people don't say those things to your face, even if they think them. And so it, it gives you, you just develop so much anxiety over time mm-hmm. to the point where now I'm going to post something. I'm like, oh, what are they going to say? Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, and yeah, it's so invalidating. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's fine. I know I'm, I'm talking a lot. Um, no, no, you're here to talk a lot. But the thing is, it's not just for influencers. It's for anybody. And it's getting like worse and worse of what people might say when you post something, which I hate. I hate what that. What the they say? Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter. It just depends. Like, um, let's say, I, I mean, I've seen these things happen. Let's say you are kind of, you have like some popular friends, right? But then you have some other friends that people maybe don't think are so popular. And then you post a picture with that person and they would just literally just comment on it and be like, ew, or nice jeans, you know, something like that, that 
really affects people. I mean, especially younger, but Hey, you know, I don't have a good way. It, like it hurts me. Yeah. I just can't stand to think of younger people posting to try to just be relevant and fit in, try to just get along in life. And then people are attacking them about anything that they can't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. And we all remember being bullied for whatever. I remember somebody making fun of my eyebrows. I remember everybody putting their arm next to mine to tell me how pale I am. <laughs> like you just don't really, you just, you live with that and it makes you who you are, which I hate, but now it's starting so young that what are they going to be like? Do, do you know what, do you know what, do you know what makes me think hmm. that they're going to turn in like trolls themselves because it's the only way to survive yeah. is to like fight back. And if you're hurt because somebody's bullying you for how you look, you might go start bullying somebody for how they look and it just gets worse and worse instead of, yeah. you know, trying to, First of all, just focus on what's important at that time. Like, I don't know, school, being active, enjoying outside. But no, we're just all glued to these screens, trying to feel accepted. But you, but you just, you don't like yourself because of what, what people are, are saying to you, or maybe you didn't get enough likes. And so it's even more damaging. Yeah. It's like, it's really like depressing to think about. No, I mean, it's true. Like you're, you know, what you went through is an extreme example, but it's, <laughs> it's far from the only example of social media being hurtful or of, I mean, I don't get mean comments anymore. I think for one thing, because I don't have a glamour account, I really restrict it to like this podcast basically. Mm -hmm. um, but, but back when I did, I mean, my, my shit was mostly on Reddit. So, and that was a whole other, you know, traumatizing fiasco, but <laughs> I mean, it is true that like you, you see one comment about yourself that's negative and all of the positive ones just fade out of view. I mean, because we're exactly what you said. Like when we go in our day-to-day -day lives, people don't say cruel things to us. They might give criticism. Hopefully it's constructive, but, but tact yeah. exists in the real world and right. it, and, and it doesn't online. And it's not just because it's more direct or anonymous or whatever. It seems it seems like people think it's cool to be cruel and contemptuous and shitty mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Like it's it, funny. They also don't me. get the feedback of like watching that person in pain, right? Yes. That's a thing in yeah, person. Exactly. You could watch someone cry, but this is just like that. Mm, I got, I was mean to someone. I was right about that. And that's all they're yeah. left it's with. So, that's awful. What, you know, this is, you know, we're talking about the next generation and you have a daughter. How do you think you're going to talk to your daughter about or teach her, lessons from all this. I mean, if anything, we could learn, you know, take lessons from tragedies and, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, you know, bring some meaning to it. And I'm wondering what you're yeah, going to. I, I haven't decided yet because I mean, things are definitely going to change. I'm sure like social media is ever growing. Um, you know, they talk about taking away likes or doing some different things. Like, I kind of just want to see what happens Let's say when she gets around, I, it's funny because I think about it. I'm like, when will she be allowed to have it? Never. But then, <laughs> but then I don't want her to, you know, not be cool. I don't want her to be that girl without a phone or without a social media just because, and it's, it's not like my, my purpose is to try to make her cool, but I want her to feel like she fits in. I want her to feel fulfilled and happy and, you know, part of the world that her friends are. So I'm not sure. It really yeah. freaks me out. Um, obviously there's going to be like, limits. I think I feel like Cressy and I are going to have a lot of talks about 
Mm, everything pretty much when I think about what I wish I would have known much earlier on, I want to teach to her. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's not just saying you're smart, you're beautiful. It's like, I, I want to teach her things. So she feels confident and like, she, like she is smart in these areas. And then I want to show her how she's beautiful and so much more than just a dress or her hair, you know, you know, like her soul, like the way that she sees the world, the things that she likes, the way that she makes people feel. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting. That really freaks me out to think about it. And it's like the trolls are getting, they're multiplying and honestly, so are the predators. And I just, I don't know. Yeah. No, but even what you're saying now, it's beautiful. It's not just like, oh, you're beautiful and here are your character traits that are valuable, but like skills and values, like what are you putting out in the world? Not just this is what you are Mm -hmm. and this is how, what we think, you know, makes you valuable, like the way you look, but like, how are you going to interact with people? Are you going to be kind? Are you going to, how are you going to interact with people who just going to say mean things about you. Like these are skills, right? There's a little bit more of like how you, how you live your life versus like what you are. Yeah. That's and what I, I was hearing for to, what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want her to learn who she really is to try out different things, dance, sports, whatever she wants to do. I don't care. And find what she excels in that makes her feel confident. And then I want her to be that person that goes over to somebody who's sitting alone at lunch and is like, Hey, you know, what's going on and not feel like people are going to make fun of me for this, or maybe they won't like me. I mean, she doesn't have to be super outgoing. She can be whoever she is, but I want her to, to always be thinking about how to make others feel good. And then I think once she finds her, like once she knows really who she is and is happy because she's a good person, I think if somebody does try to bully her, attack her, bring her down, she can stand strong knowing who she is. Wherein I was a little bit confused. Um, so, yes. I mean, it, it seems like that's. <laughs> it's like what else can we do but instill yeah. strong values in our in our kids and and try to reflect that this behavior isn't cool. It feels like giving an iPhone to a kid is like giving cocaine to them. Like every, Mm -hmm. like in a world where everybody does cocaine to be cool. Like, I know this is going to harm you. Mm -hmm. I know that you're going to become addicted to this and then it's going to warp your sense of self. And I mean, it's just, it's going to cause you pain. But at the same time, if I don't give this to you, then are you going to be isolated? Are you going to be made fun of? Are you going to have normal, normal friendships? Like, are you going to resent me? Because I mean, I remember back in my day, it was a question of whether they should give us a cell phone that old Nokia cell phones. Like, like, Oh, you're too young for that. Maybe, maybe just for emergencies. And like, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, How to stay connected. Like, cause teens need, want to stay connected and be, and be in communication. But yeah, but then how to do that and take in that information in a way that's not damaging. Like, I remember my sister, like, I, I didn't grow up in my teenage years with um, Facebook, but my my little sister did. And she would see the popular kids hanging out without her and they're getting likes and stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, how are we going to mm-hmm. tell I, you, it's a like child you can't to do protect that? Them. It's yeah. Like- yeah. I mean, I went through a year of really rough depression when I was 14 that I, I pretty much blame on MySpace because for the top eight, the top eight, exactly. Yeah. And that, that's exactly what it was is that you see a ranking of your importance to other people and your popularity. And like, I mean, it's amazing. I remember once I got on, I was the last top eight member of a popular guy's top eight. I was like, what? Oh my God. 
And then, you know, a week later I'm kicked off. I'm like, what happened? And then best friends of mine putting me first and then moving me third suddenly. Just, that, just yes, depending around. on what you said to them that day or yeah. what, like that. It, yes. I think about it. Well, that's another conversation for another day about my conspiracies, but the effect <laughs> that MySpace and Facebook has on mental health is awful. And I'm like, yeah. okay, are people doing this on purpose? Like what, what is going on? We've seen, I mean, we've seen that since around 2013, suicide rates, self-harm rates, mm-hmm. depression, and anxiety have been rising precipitously for adolescents. How about, yeah, no, for sure. And how about even, I mean, just to get very specific in the reality TV world, how about what's going on there? Yet we continue to to edit somebody to look like this terrible mm-hmm. person, make fun of them, enjoy when, you know, they're getting all these comments bashing somebody. I'm like, that is not good. Like maybe it helps the show, but it does not help the person who, you know, sacrificed their well-being. And yeah, sure. Everybody gets, I'm sure something it's, it's exciting to go on TV. And I, I know that they would say, well, you're, you know, you brought yourself on here, but I just feel like there's not a safe space and that people, I, I've said this before, but people in the inter- entertainment industry don't care about you. Yeah it's just they they portray you however they want to make it the most interesting and then it's just kind of like see ya you know what what do you think of when of when they say you know you put yourself in this situation you signed up for this yeah well i i have to agree because i did and (laughs) i mean i signed a however many hundred page contract whatever it was um yeah I, i i did and i knew it would happen and and that's the thing that i decided i would have to accept any way that they edit me Mm-hmm. Um, because I did go on the show, but I think it's more what happened after that. It's still like triggering to me because nobody helped me and, yeah. and they're promoting Jordan, like, Oh, these, it's so funny what he said. Yeah. I'm over here just getting destroyed, but it's bringing followers and it's bringing likes and conversations about how terrible I am. But nobody I in fact I went to them for help with some of like the proof that I didn't do it and it was like no we're not we're not dealing with that um so and I guess I can't expect them to but it just sucks well you know even as as you all are saying that it just reminds me of so many conversations I've had with patients who have experienced like sexual assault or any kind Mm -hmm. of assault where it's like oh yes, I've, I've chosen to put myself at that party or at that job or in that relationship. And that leads them to blame themselves. But mm-hmm, it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. no one chooses to put themselves to be verbally abused, right? Yes. You put you you chose I to agree. go go on the show, you choose chose to, the risk of these things, but you didn't choose what happened. So it's mm-hmm. not, you know, like, it that could quickly go from like, I made a choice to that led up to these things to like maybe feeling like ashamed about it, which I I'm like, no, no, no. As soon as you said that, I was like, no, mm-hmm. you know, no one chooses what you got. Like, yeah, I, I didn't. I, I mean, I, I agree that we signed up for it and we knew, we knew we were putting ourselves at risk, but I don't think we had any idea of what that risk really meant. And I remember thinking at the time, you know, okay, I might get some online hate, but I'll be able to handle that because it's going to be so, I'm just going to be able to say to myself, well, now I'm like a cool TV star and other people like Mm -hmm. me. And like, you know, I've gained all this social capital in a way, like, but no, but no, because when you hear when some part of your appearance or personality is picked at, or you're called cringe or whatever, that's all you hear. It's like, you, it's like, I had no idea how reactive I would be to it and how Mm -hmm. hurt I would be to it. Um, And yeah, and I didn't, 
And I don't think we understood how extreme and damaging this has become. Like, I mean, I've said this before, but somebody, somebody hacked my email, sent an explicit photo of me and sent it to my boyfriend. And I did not sign up for that to happen. Yeah. You did not yeah. sign up for, for a, you know, an army of people to, to make up screenshots and send it to Steve. And, and so it, it's weird that people are so willing to slough off their responsibility on this. Like they're like, I can be nasty to you because you signed up for this, but. And I think, and I think, yeah, talking about it, it's not just like, oh, we want you to feel bad for us because we experienced this bullying, but it's like, maybe think about it because, you know, we're somebody's daughter, we're somebody's friend, we're just a human, just like you, and you would not want to be hurt like this. So why do it to somebody else? And, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't want that happening to your child. And like, I try to, some of the things that people have said to me, I'm like, imagine if somebody said that to your girl, because I imagine what if they said it to Presley, I, I couldn't handle it. Yeah. And so what, what makes me just so much less of a human that you can just right. tell me how awful I am and don't deserve to be alive. There was a lot, there's a lot of threats yeah. and I'm sure it's really angry people. And I've tried to, you know, kind of let go of that, but like death threats or, or some, some, yeah, threats. not, 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 I'm going to kill you, but more like I want to chop you up or I hope you don't wake up just stuff like that. And just on like, a, I know, I know. And, and on another note about, um, like what you said, what happened to you? I have to say there's not a lot of resources for online harassment and bullying. What do you do if you're hacked? Yeah. Like, what are the laws? You know, because I, I didn't know where to turn. I'm like, how do I find out who did this to me? And what are my options for mm-hmm. stopping it even? And it's kind of, there's really not a process that I know of for it. Yeah. What a great opportunity then. What a, what, yeah. I mean, it's talking to Jacqueline, you know, like what an opportunity to provide those resources and not just blow it off as like, oh, celebrities. Yeah, that's hard. But no, like that, you know, it's ca- causing a lot of damage and not just to you, but also for us, t- for kids to grow up watching that that's okay mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. do, to say like t- the lack of empathy and compassion and the amount of mental health help that that could you know could be directed to there that would be really and I mean useful, even so. b- yeah and even before like the effects that it had on me mentally and physically and it, that it, it was like I was told well first you have to hire you know a forensic team to like look into it not just my own stuff which I did to prove that you know I didn't send the text but it was like you need to you need to hire somebody to look into these accounts but you have to get basically a police report to even to even have somebody look into who did that. And it's all mm-hmm. just, it's all so anonymous and there's so many steps and I'm telling you, I did not have the money for it. Um, and even, even, you know, what's interesting is after whoever broke into my car, I actually had a police report and I'm like, okay, can we use this? And it was just constant, like, no, no, I don't have time. There's much more important things going on. Kind of leave it alone. Cause there were multiple times I'd talked to police because of threats and things going on. And there's just not a lot of help. People don't take it seriously. They're basically like, eh, okay, you know, just suck it up and move on. Yeah. That's what I'm worried about, I guess, is that, you know, the adult generation maybe has put up with some shitty comments, but I, you know, before I went on the bachelor, like people weren't jerks to me online, but we're going to be parents to kids who are having a radically different experience. And they're going to be, I mean, these suicide rates, 
you know, I mean, I, I heard you on Chatty Broad talking about how you, you know, you were thinking about taking pills and just not waking up because people were telling you to not wake up. Yeah, I know. And I think that's the thing is, I think it just became subconscious for me because it's not like I was actively thinking all kinds of negative things. Like I was definitely down, but I have, you know, the support of my family and friends, which was still like positive and people were trying to distract me from it. But I think seeing those things and you can't help if you read something, it's like in your mind. And I think that's probably what happened is just, I started thinking, okay, what if I wasn't here? You know, like Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe Mm -hmm. the world would be better because they're basically telling me I'm this darkness over any light in the world. Um, So yeah, I think that's another thing is, how deeply we hold on to things like that and how it affects us subconsciously and the way that we live day to day because of it. Our lives could be very different just depending on the things that people say to us. And that's why it's so important, Mm. like how you interact with people and what you say to them. Mm. Smallest thing, smiling at them or saying something like snarky in a grocery store affects someone's day, week, life, Mm. who knows? Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about, you know, this, this, uh, thank you for sharing that, how, how dark it, it became and like I hear the, the the shame and wanting to withdraw and questioning yourself but how did you how did you get out of it like how did you open up to a new relationship and this new family that you have and you know coming to a place where you could talk about it like what what was a journey forward um, well yes it started out uh, not really eating pretty much just sleeping mm. most of the day. Um, and if I was awake, like I said, people would try to distract me or I'd try to distract myself with like music or movies or not going online at all. And I think also trying to figure out what was happening, Jacqueline, you know, like I just talk through it. I'd be like, maybe this, maybe that, maybe this person's involved and, um, go through kind of my mom's research. I think my ultimate goal was just to figure it out. Cause I thought if I could find out what happened, maybe I could just try to end this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, ooh, I mean, I can't say it happened quickly. It was like weeks went by and then months went by. And, and I tried my best to just move on, like go back to the old activities that I used to do. And, you know, I would post things and people would bring it up over. And, and I look back at the pictures that I was posting during that time and you could just see, I was just all torn up. Like, even if I was smiling, it did not look real. I didn't even recognize who I was. My eyebrows were all like crazy. And I was just, it, it, it looks like I looked kind of mean, but I was just hurt. Like I yeah. just saw the world look so differently. Um, but yeah, I tried to just do what I was doing before and I guess just take it day at a time. I tried to stay eventually after like months healthy. So I would start eating better and like working out more and talking to people that I knew would have a positive impact on my life. And then, um, I think forgiving was probably like the most healing thing because, Oh, I was holding on to things. I was mad at this person, mad at this person. How could they believe that? How could they say that? How could they lie and let me down? Um, and then I was like, you know, I can't, I can't base my happiness or well-being on how they feel about me or what they said about me. And like I said, it's harder when it's somebody that, you know, but even random people, all all of it affects me. But I was like, I tried to be really understanding of why they were maybe just interested in the story or that they were probably hurting too. Um, Yeah. So forgiving. And then, I mean, it was really like a God thing for me because I'm just, none of us, I don't think are big enough people to just like forgive somebody who hurt us that bad. Yeah. But um, 
oh gosh, I just like, I prayed about it all the time. And I think, I think that's the only way that I could act. And I would say I physically started to feel more peaceful. Finally, when I stopped trying to handle it all myself and just like bottle it all in. Um, and when I was forgiving people and actually telling them, you know, it, it's okay. And, um, yeah, gosh, it took, it's just, it took so long. Like, I mean, basically years and I'm not saying I'm healed now, but much, I'm much better. So, you know, now I can talk about it. And I think back, I try not to think of what I could have done differently now. Cause that's what I did for the longest time and just kind of let it go. You don't really let it go, but I guess I have other things to focus on now. And, um, a mutual friend had introduced Carl and I, and I remember being so freaked out that he was going to look me up and just, you know, think mm-hmm. I was nasty and not want anything to do with me. And he didn't know I was on the show and he didn't care. And he was just like, yeah, you know, whatever, I'm not going to read that. And so it was kind of, that was like, <laughs> like perfect for me. And then um, I guess I just opened myself up again. And I think I, so we we traveled to Italy for one of my friend's weddings and the night of the wedding I had the biggest this was gosh I don't know maybe a year after it happened I had the biggest breakdown of all time and I mean I'm saying in my life everything was like the wedding was beautiful I felt so excited about like a new relationship and just life in general. It kind of felt like, like a little kind of restart. Um, there may have been something in that wine. I'm not sure, but I lost it. I mean, like crying like a, like a baby. I, mm-hmm. I remember like asking, I remember saying, I want my mom. And I was just mm-hmm. like, I couldn't even breathe because I just kept like sobbing so hard. And I think it was just, I was letting it out any time I think I'd ever been hurt because I always, I always held, held it in because I didn't want to feel like pitied. And I felt like other people had worse problems. I just didn't want to be like whining, but I think a big part of it was feeling like I was actually safe with Carl. Like I could, I could, um, trust him mm-hmm. to like just share completely openly like how I was feeling and how much I was hurting because that's a big part of who I was too is is how much I was hurt yeah um yeah it was so bad um and I think it lasted for like a few hours and then I felt so much better after that and um like I said I was excited about the relationship and I felt like he really knew who I was he knew the good parts the not so good parts, what, you know, that I was still dealing with this and he wanted to stick around. So um, I think that's a big part of also what helped me feel better and move on mm. and start to see more of the positive side of life and kind of the light at the end. What was it like to face Steve and talk to him for the first time and, and all of these and, and when you, and when he came out with that podcast, you know, all these people who had been mean to you, like, what, what was that like? It was very healing. I would say I was really, really nervous to ever reach out to him because I thought, what, what's he going to do with this information? You know, me coming to him, is he just going to make fun of me and make another post about it? But, um, he listened to me. He looked at the proof I sent him and we kind of talked for a long time through what was going on and, 
you know, where he didn't bet things and he apologized like multiple times. And so it was very healing. I'm so glad I did it. I wish I would have done it earlier, but one, I just didn't really have the nerve and two, I didn't feel like I had enough information yet. Um, and so, yeah, for him to very publicly apologize and take it all down was Mm -hmm. helpful. I know that the amount of people that saw it and heard it and believed it, those people aren't going to know it's not true or care, but Mm -hmm. still, something inside of me like changed when he finally came out and was like, you know, I was wrong. None of this is true. So I always appreciate that. Um, it, it's, <laughs> I remember when I was trying to decide if I even wanted to talk to him, it was like, he was the person that started this. Maybe he can be the person that ends it. Right. So, yeah. So I'm really, I'm really glad I did. It was, it was a lot. It brought back, um, a lot of emotions and negative feelings. Yeah. I mean, were you angry to talk to him? Like, did, did it feel gross no. or was it just a relief? No. And that's not to say that I was never angry because I was, trust me. You're, I was, <laughs> and I had a character for him and everything. I was like, I'm <laughs> show everybody like what's happening, but definitely angry. But talking to him, I wasn't. And I think it's just kind of like what we've been saying about how it's so different when you're talking to somebody in real life rather than just behind a screen. Right. I was like, apparently he is a human too and he's not just in his dungeon trying to um and so I really I really wasn't angry I just was grateful that we could figure it out together and get the truth out there so yeah I I remember for me and I think you know when I when I would hang out with you when this kind of thing when I guess I'll talk about my own reaction first and then what I saw from you but like when these things would happen to me, my first reaction was a lot of being freaked out, being angry, um, obsessive sleuthing, you know, because, you know, for me, someone spread a giant rumor on Reddit and it spun out of control read as I was applying for grad school. And then someone sent the photo. So in both of those cases, I'm like, who did this? How can I figure this out? What's going on? Why does everybody hate me? I hate everybody else. Who are people? I can't stand them. Like, I, I didn't even know humanity was like this. Yeah. Um, fine. If they're going to hate me, I hate them right back. You know, it's like so much of this. And there's not a lot of room in there sometimes for just the kind of waterfall effect of like, you know, like I'm actually really fucking vulnerable and hurt and sad. And so, and, and I, and I remember with you, you know, I mean, I saw you that first night and you didn't cry in front of me. I mean, I'm I'm sure, you know, a weird out of body shock. That's what it, that's what it myself either. I was like, what's coming out of my mouth? What, what's happening? You did seem in shock because yeah. it was so shock. I mean, it was like this kind of this kind of stuff that doesn't happen to, you know, to people. This doesn't make any sense. I mean, it was so wild. But, you know, a lot of like, yeah, a lot of sleuthing, a lot of obsession, just, just like, how could this happen? How could this a lot of ruminating? Um, and so I can just imagine that that release, like finally feeling safe and like life maybe has a new direction could have mm-hmm. been a, a huge a huge relief and, and turning point maybe. Yeah, it absolutely was. I mean, was I didn't, it, that, but it seemed like a lot of things had to kind of line up. And then all of a sudden I felt, I, yeah, I felt like I could just let it all out and let it go. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it, everything you, you two are talking about sounds so much like healing from trauma where yeah. people who have these traumas, 
like go in survival mode and just kind of like work through it. And there's a lot of anger, a lot of shutting themselves off. But once they feel like they're in a safe space with like a therapist or somewhere else or just some someone who's safe, that's when the emotions can come out. And Mm -hmm. I'm curious, is, is there something that Carl was doing at the time or some way he was being that was particularly helpful. I mean, now, now I'm just thinking about like talking to the audience about if you're suffering from this, like where do you find safety? How do you find someone like that? Like what was some, what was something that he did or said? I hadn't really thought about that. Actually. I think initially it was just that it wasn't a big deal to him. He was just like, yeah, that's just the show. That's just an article. If you say it's not true, it's not true. Like moving on. Mm-hmm. And I well, love you for her. That was the biggest thing. And I think it was his personality being so much like of a, of a protector and a caretaker and made me feel like safe and, and excited that for the future with him, when with other people I had dated or even friends, you know, I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen to us in the future because maybe I couldn't trust them or didn't know their real intentions. And it was like, he just wanted, I think he, he did things to try to make me happy and it worked. And, and little things of like bringing me flowers and saying sweet things or spending a lot of time with me when I'd always felt like in relationships before that I was like bothering somebody if I text them too much or we went on too many dates and it was like, he just wanted to be with me and make me happy. And yeah, I hadn't really thought about that actually. And I felt like he was not like judgmental and like I could just be myself and yeah. he would either what i mean if we think about like even other people in your life like what what did they do that was helpful and what do you think if if any of us out there have a loved one in this situation like what do you think is the helpful thing to do and the right thing to do and what were maybe some things that were unhelpful uh whether it's reputation destruction or just like online bullying yeah i mean for me what was helpful was the, the um, more, what are you, the more outgoing, outspoken, confident, I would say people in my life kind of went after who the people who were lying and saying all these awful things about me. And that was actually very helpful to me. I was like, okay, I've got some strong people on my side who are willing to face any type of criticism for even just saying, hey, why don't you wait a second? Maybe it's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciated you and Lauren for, you know, sticking up for me, um, like publicly. So that was very helpful. Uh, What my family did was helpful. And then, you know, another thing that was helpful was also just my friends who would want to hang out with me and just be with me like it was before and just go eat somewhere and maybe, maybe not talk about it or not try to get more information. And yes, I do bring it up. If I bring it up, it's fine. Cause I also like for people to listen and, and sure. tell me their about it. Cause it helps me kind of work through it. Um, and I don't know if it was helpful or not, but I spent a lot of time alone. So I don't know about that. That was probably not the best idea. <laughs> what was unhelpful? Do you remember? I have an answer to this one. <laughs> Uh, not, do you mean like from friends and family? Not particularly because to me, as long as somebody was trying, I think I felt cared about, which is really interested and like, and believed, which is all I really needed. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You tell me yours. I, I think so. A lot of people would try to make me feel better and they would unintentionally invalidate me by basically saying you're better than this or, you know, 
none of this matters. Um, you know, this isn't reflective of who you are. And, and it's, it's great that it's not reflective of, of who I am, but there was always this sort of directive to like not care anymore and to get over it and to be able to dismiss it. And half of the problem that was so painful for me was that I felt like I should be able to dismiss it. Like I should be a more mature person who can look at, you know, comments like you're so cringy, you know, you're so pretentious, you're so whatever it is and just be like, okay, I know myself, I'm happy, but I wasn't that secure or mature. Um, and I don't, I don't know how many people are. I mean, maybe I was particularly sensitive. I don't know, but to just hear all the time, like to hear people laugh it off or to minimize it was very difficult for me because I knew that I couldn't do that. And it was so much easier said than done. And then I just felt like I couldn't talk to them anymore about it because it made me feel I, immature. Yeah. Because it's like, Oh, that's just a silly rumor. Like people don't care. And, and when, when you actually really think about it, something I think that was helpful was to think it's not the world, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's the bachelor world, which can unfortunately yeah. be negative, but that's what we were seeing and hearing, but not everybody knows about it or cares or thinks the terrible things um, it's, but it's really hard when you're in that situation to have any type of perspective, that's like yeah. logical. You're just, I think one thing that helped me um, is, and, and one thing that helped me is to, to, to be able to share the messages and to laugh about it with people. Yes. Um, because when I get the message, yes. you know, it's just, I just, I feel dirty and panicky and terrible. But then when someone else is like, ah, oh my God, like, that's crazy. Imagine that there's somebody who thinks this way and would write that. Then it helps me get a little bit of perspective and they're not minimizing it necessarily because they're saying, I'm going to listen to you. And I'm, I'm in this with you, you know, like I'm reading it with mm -hmm. you, send me these, but also like, this is crazy. You know, I mean, this, this message is I, I want to, that just reminded me, I mean, I've got tons of awful ones, but I wanted to read you one that I thought was so funny that I found, and I don't know, maybe some, this might've been another podcast. I'm not sure. Cause there was, it was, it was really funny. Like so, so, so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This one, isn't it? But let me just read you this one. Jenna whores herself out to businessmen to make money instead of working like a normal upstanding citizen. Now she's affected someone else's life with this pitiful behavior. She's a terrible human being who only cares about herself. People like this need to learn. She's a cheap, horrid piece of trash who cares about no one but herself. Hashtag justice for Jordan. Everyone unfollow this B. <laughs> she deserves to prostitute herself out for the rest of her days. She does not deserve true love. I'm like, now that is like a dramatic. I love how she's like, this whore, how could she be a prostitute? Okay, she deserves to be a prostitute. That's what she needs to go. Like, these messages don't make any sense. People, I, people just take their pain and just like finger paint it onto a DM and then press send. It's amazing. Like, okay, this is my last one. Okay. You may be pretty on the outside, but on the inside, you look like Quasimodo mated with an incested troglodyte and had a you want to be a horse so bad. I'm sure Santa Monica Boulevard has plenty of room for you. I feel like we might've read that one before, but it's like, I save these and I look at them and I actually do laugh now. I'm like, maybe you should take up a career and being a comedian. That's just hilarious. I remember Richard Dawkins went on some, you know, like Conan or something and just read through his hateful messages and they just laughed about it together. It, it's, it can be hard to do it at first. Um, 
and and honestly, the ones the ones that you can't laugh at are the ones that aren't funny. They're just like they they tell you something maybe you're afraid of yourself. But if somebody's going to tell you that you look like Quasimodo on the inside or that you should go on Santa Monica Bowl, I mean, like what the fuck? It's just so extreme and crazy, and like it's so delusional and. And it's weird to be the receptacle for that. Like, I need to hold your pain now. Like, that this is what you need from me. This person you don't know is to hold your pain. I mean, it's it's an amazing ring in the show because you learn so much about the dark side of people. Yeah. And sometimes the light, but but often the dark in it. It's scary. And yeah, and it's scary to it's scary to know that one day I'm gonna have a kid and this the social media that I I'm used to now is not going to be the social media they're looking at. And I'm not even, I don't know how I'm going to control it. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And it's, I mean, I imagine we're all going to, they're going to be like 13 year old holograms walking around bullying, like (laughs) (laughs) terrifying to think about. They're going to be like, your hologram is ugly. (laughs) Yeah. You don't have the, software look at you glitching over there like it's gonna be a weird yeah world. and the holograms are gonna have like like avatars with like capes and horns and butterflies <laughs> on their noses and shit and like with the number of likes how many likes does your avatar get <laughs> nah black mirror episode i have yeah it. yeah I, no jacqueline you gotta watch it black mirror scares me because i feel like that's the step that's gonna happen yeah yeah. What would you say to, you know, I bet some people listening to this are, are have either been victims of cyberbullying or they have a daughter or a son or, you know, sister or brother with, you know, who's been cyberbullied. What would you, what kind of advice would you say? How would you get through that? Mm. It is so, so hard. And like, because, you know, if I had the great advice, I probably would have used it too. Um, and it's one thing to say this, but I mean, obviously, you know who you are, the people that you love know who you are, you just have to focus on that. And do you know what, it doesn't mean you're a perfect person, because obviously, we all have flaws, we all have things that we don't like about ourselves on the inside and on the outside. But I think, focus on the good ones. And then Gosh, you just, you really can't tell somebody to not be bothered by a mean message or comment. So yeah, I would, so you might be like proactive about how to avoid seeing the negative things because you can't help it. Like it's going to be there, but let's say maybe limiting your comments or not being on certain social media, such as like Twitter. Well, I deleted mine because I can't delete anything. I have no power and control over there. and, And I don't like that. So I was out. I was out of that. Um, it's just it's so hard, though, because you can't help if you're extra sensitive or if you're insecure about certain things. Like you, if it's the way that you are, you cannot help it. So I don't want to say don't be on it at all, but maybe limit the amount of time you're on mm-hmm. it. Um, and think about like what what good is it doing you if you only want to go on there once a month to see what your aunt or your cousin or who's engaged now, you know, do that. But you don't have to share your life on there. Um, I would say probably try to enjoy the real world instead. And instead of clicking like on a picture, tell somebody you like their outfit or, you know, say something that will make their day better. Uh, I will, I'm going to have to really think about that because I would love to share more about how to make it like a better experience and not have 
terrible effects from bullying. But the other problem is, is there's also bullying, you know, in, in, in everyday life too. Mm. This was wonderful. Thank you so much for giving us your perspective, which I'm sorry you had to earn your perspective the way you did, but yeah. But if anything, like these experiences, like I I hope someone listening can hear from you and, and resonate with that and maybe, you know, kind of have a similar experience and they feel like, okay, like if you've gone through it and, and, move through it and develop a new sense of self and confidence and a, and a beautiful family, like maybe they can too. So, I'm, you know, this is inspirational. Yeah. Thank you. I, I really, I really hope it does have that effect. And um, another thing, just back on, we were talking about parenting. I think it's really important to not to spy and stalk your children, but to know like what's going on with them, especially online. Mm-hmm. And if you're like hint at things, you might just dig into it a little bit because Sometimes either maybe they're too prideful to share like what's going on or they, they don't want their parents to know because they're like embarrassed or who knows what reason. But sometimes there's some awful bullying going on. Um, yeah. I feel like, you know, as a parent, it's, it's your responsibility to kind of step in and you can't take away the pain from them. You can't end everything. But if it's something that's happening at school or somebody online, I would say get involved and and stop it because even I didn't feel like I was strong enough to, yeah. to deal with it, let alone like a, like a child who is just trying to get through. And their um, bodies so are developing. Maybe, and like, Yes. So yeah. maybe I'm a little bit worried about what all what all goes on kind of in like DMS and, and things that we, that we can't see challenges, TikTok things, you know, somebody might make a video making fun of somebody that went viral. I hate that. When I see, when I see memes of like people being made fun of, I'm like, that's a real person that has like feelings and that's not funny. Um, so anyway, that's just a side note, but to kind of see what's going on with their kids check in. And if they say they even hint that they're hurting or something's going on, I would look into it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you just never know. And you oh, put a stop to it before something happened. Just stay involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you so, 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 so much for coming on the pod and talking about this. I, I know it might be a little bit difficult to rehash it again and again. Um, it's still every time I think it's a little bit more healing. So, so I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to me. Of course. And <laughs> Jenna, I'll see you soon. All right. Hope next weekend. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. I appreciate it. Alrighty. Bye, Jenna. Bye. By accessing this podcast, I acknowledge that the hosts of this podcast make no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast and any and all content or services available on or through this podcast are provided for general, non-commercial informational purposes only and do not constitute the practice of medical or any other professional judgment, advice, diagnosis, or treatment and should not be considered or used as a substitute for the independent professional judgment, advice, diagnosis, or treatment of a duly licensed and qualified healthcare provider. In case of a medical emergency, you should immediately call 911. The hosts do not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast, and information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement.